0: is the podcast back is the podcast back we're back right oh man we're back Nice to see ya. Yo, the rhyme natural path, the verbal masseuse, Canadian superhero, man. I'll burgle a moose, circle and swoop. Observe birdie, hurdle loops, sicker than slurpin, 30 turtle soups, whoop'd do. Better call security dude. Silver surfer on Nintendo, pretty sure that you'll lose. You never know what kind of birdies, words will ensue. Do I have hair that's curly? I certainly do, courteous too. Huh? So watch the dirt on your shoes. Encouraging youths to keep on preserving the truth. Hope you got your tickets reserved in the queue or it'll be a little while before you heard what is new. How do you do? It be the W. Birdie. We're back a little late. It's not early. Don't be surly or don't call me Shirley. I just want to see you happy like you're twirly. Spinning around in the playground. Something like that. Okay, you can give me eight pounds or give me two pounds or give me five dollars. I come with this so that I come live. Holla! (laughs) What? Yo, I don't even know what that bar was. Welcome back. Weekend at Bergie's episode 21. I'm sorry for the delay. I'm sorry about that. But thank you. Thank you for coming back here. I'm really excited. Chokely's is here. You saw it. You saw it written wherever you saw this coming into your ears. And that information signal did not lie. It is episode 21. This is the podcast where we hang out at my place and geek out. We talk about music. We talk about art. We talk about laughs. We laugh about all those things also. I'm riding off a super high from the last couple weeks. I've been traveling. I've been meeting so many of you people. You've been telling me you've been listening to the podcast, which is amazing. Checking out the rhymes, everything. Like, Thank you. Thank you. I I gotta say, I, I was overwhelmed with all the kindness and the hilariousness. And the fun times I had meeting so many of you uh, of when I was down in the States and out west and out east. And thanks. So it's, it's been amazing. I had a great time. Big shout out right off the bat because I've got this box that was uh, waiting for me from Clayton. Dude. Okay. I met Clayton in Calgary when I was talking on the mic about how I had been at Calgary Comic Con the, the day of my show And I found a rare gem that I'd been looking for. You know, when when I'm on the road, I try not to spend a lot of money. Going to a Comic-Con, it's it's even tougher. The Calgary Con was great. Tons of cool comics and art. Now, I've got a couple things that I always look for. And I just love walking around and wandering. I don't usually spend much money, but I, I do keep an eye open. And on this particular day, I saw one of the secret things on my list that I'm allowed to break my Do Not Buy rule. We've all got those things, right? I know. Uh, the Master Ace sitting on Chrome single that's actually pressed on Chrome vinyl. That's on my list. Uh Jupiter by Jason Sandberg. Any back issues of that comic? That's on my list. Now, of course, I can't tell you my whole list because then if you see these things, then I, you, you, you find them and I don't. So, you know, i the, the rest of the items will remain secret. However, this item that I did find was a G.I. Joe alien. For those of you who don't know, the G.I. Joe aliens came out in the early 90s, right at the end of the G.I. Joe, a real American hero line. I didn't even know they existed. I never saw them. They never popped up at a toy store when I would have been looking at toy stores. (laughs) And I found out years later that these G.I. Joe aliens existed, and I needed to have them. They're these three oddball weirdo space dudes, Predacon, Carcass, and Lobotamax. A few years back, my friend Beaver tracked me down Predacon. He's odd, okay? He looks looks totally weird, but he's totally cool. <laughs> All right? They're, they're totally cool. So I had one, one of the three. What do I see in Calgary? Sitting alone amidst a pile of junk and, like, James Bond Jr., Toxic Avenger, weird neon 90s toys that nobody wanted except someone like me. <laughs> and there, amidst them all, I see this G.I. Joe Star Brigade on the package, the cart s- sitting there. And I'm like, no, no, it can't be. So I get closer, I look down and I see this weird orange dude staring at me. And it was car. <laughs> the watermelon-headed, strange-orange, lunatrix, G.I. Joe alien. And he was $65. I was like, oh, man, there's no way I'm spending $65 on this figure. Even though it's in the package, I know that's kind of the going rate. But I, I reached in my pocket. I was like, all right, not many let me just Let me just try something. So I look at the dude behind this table of miscellaneous dusty memories. And I say, "Hey man, would you take 40 bucks for that GI Joe alien?" He looked at me weirdly, trying to figure out what a guy like me wanted with a GI Joe alien like that. He looked up and said, "Okay." <laughs> so, 40 bucks, handed it over. I was psyched. This is uh, this was amazing. I haven't I've never seen one of these GI Joe aliens in the wild. Okay, I you, you can find them on on the internet, eBay, and stuff, but I, I prefer to find these things in the wild. When when you're on the search, you know it's that thrill of the hunt when you really find something that you you need, like this weird little plastic character. And yes, I think some of you can, can get what I'm, get what I'm saying. So I was psyched. I was happy I had my GI Joe alien action figure. I go to the show that night. I wind up mentioning on stage. That I found this GI Joe alien, and I said, "Well, now I gotta find the, this last alien, Lobotomax." I get off stage afterwards, hanging out, meeting people over at the merch table, and this one, this one fella comes up to me, and he says, "Hey, I think I've got that GI Joe alien." <laughs> I'm like, "What are you crazy?" Because this is a rare thing; not many people know. But this dude, Clayton, he said, "I've got that alien, and I'm gonna send it to you." I was like, what? Are you you kidding me, man? It was the coolest, nicest thing. Sure enough, he emails me a picture of the figure. He says, is this the guy Lobotomax? It, It is. And lo and behold, now, a couple weeks later, I'm sitting here recording the podcast, looking at Lobotomax. Clayton, dude, thank you so much. Now I have all three of these aliens, Predacon, Carcass, and Lobotomax. They are weird as hell. I totally love them, and thank you. Thank you for aiding and abetting an adult man's unhealthy habit of collecting weird-ass plastic action figures. <laughs> and that concludes the longest story ever told on a podcast about G.I. Joe aliens. But probably not, actually. Uh, No, seriously, Clayton, thank you so much. Keep your eyes on your mailbox for a special Bergie no prize coming your way. In the good old-fashioned postal way. (laughs) All right. Yo, just going to tell you real quick, Toronto, May 26th, that's a Thursday night. It's the $5 rap show, 6th anniversary Six years we've been doing these crazy rap shows. You've got to come out. If you've been before, you know what it's about. If you've never been, now's the perfect time to check it out. I'll be there. More or less we will be there. Swamp Thing will be there. DJ Slam and Ultra Magnus, Advice, Champa, and there's an extra special secret guest who may be there too, so you better make sure you show up. Doors open at 9 o'clock. It's at Handlebar at 159 Augusta in Kensington Market. You can Google it on your pants computers and make sure you uh, you come out and have $5 with you because it's going to be a dope night of rap. That's this next Thursday, May 26th. Then Colorado, Denver. I'm playing my first ever show in Denver, Colorado, June 16th at the Town Tavern. I hope you can be there if you are anywhere near Colorado and you can show me what's cool there, like yourself in the crowd, having a good time. Because <laughs> that's always cool. Thank you to everybody who picked up a Narc High Score t shirt. The fundraiser is still going. If you haven't got one yet and you don't know about it, we have an amazing t shirt right now that you can grab. And all the proceeds from the t shirt sales are going towards making a video for my song Narc High Score. The shirt's designed by Clay Graham. It's awesome. It's a cool retro uh, homage to the old Narc. Video game, and there's a link to it at wordburglar.com. So just check that out. Grab a shirt, and everyone who grabs a shirt, I, I, could, I can't forget to tell you this: everybody who grabs a T-shirt or tank top or hoodie gets their name in the high score credits in the video because you're helping make the video happen, and you're dope, and we care, and it's a cool, fun thing. So, right? That's fun. That's cool. Thank you. Appreciate all the support. Without further ado, let's get into this with Lee. alright? You may know him from Toolshed, you may know him from Swamp Thing, you may know him from Backburner Crew, just like the other episodes, you know we've had Thesis, and Socks, and Jesse Dangerously, and Uncle Fess, and we get into all the Backburner Crew history, because you know that's the crew I'm uh, proud to be a member of, and we, we all love our rap We all have been kind of doing this around the same time So we've, we, there's a lot of good stories And definitely go back and check out those old episodes Because those are, those are fun But since we're here now checking out this episode This episode is fun This episode is dope There's a lot of, Man, Choke and I have a lot, a lot of stuff to, to talk about with you guys And we're just going to go with the flow So without further ado Get ready for a wonderful weekend Hanging out with the one and only Choky lease. Hello, Hello, get cozy, please. We're here on the weekend. Thanks for coming by. Dude, we've been trying to do this for a while. Let's get into some weekend weekend talk. We were just concocting a new jam the other night, right? I just saw you like two nights ago. Yeah. Wednesday night. Late night craziness? It
1: did. It turned into, it was a surprise, uh, surprise night. What Tim calls sneaky toky time. <laughs> uh, Why where, is it so sneaky? Because I didn't expect to be partying with you guys. I just came by because we were, you know, brain trust working on uh, music. And then, yeah, and it turned into a sneaky Wednesday.
0: You remember this happening? <laughs> <laughs>
2: We had had a few pints.
0: It was good. And then here's Timmy doing it. (laughs) 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 It's
1: offensive to lying.
0: Oh, man. It's funny hanging out because we're old friends. We're old homies. And so then also I'm thinking, okay, well, what there's some people that – don't know you as well as I know you. So right off the bat, you started rapping when? Really rapping?
1: I mean, well, I guess there's different levels of what that means. Like, all right, just chronologically, yeah. you know, we grew up luckily for really like the first like rap boom, where all of a sudden yeah. rap was this thing that kids was just like, what? Like, as far as to say how long I've been an actual MC, and then obviously a lot of those years were as a bad MC. But probably from grade nine when it was like ninety. 94 like 93 i was probably just a terrible freestyler but it wasn't until 96 that I actually started well that's 20 years ago now but started recording freestyles with tim and tom who's from toolshed that was like high school uh when i showed up in grade nine like the cats who were in grade 10 that i knew from my public school they were you know they were having freestyle cyphers and stuff after school and even in public school before that, like when you're a little kid and you're not taking hip hop seriously yet, like I rapped when I was like in grade four in a tuxedo shirt in front of my school. And the hook for my track was Robert Munch, clang, clang, rattle, bing, bang, gonna make my noise all day. Which is just. That's dope, man. But you know, then I took a little hiatus, Jay Z style, after that.
0: <laughs> after grade four? <laughs>
1: for a few years. Took grade five off. But you know, like I remember my old man, like, didn't even know he came home one day and was like, it was this new thing the guy at Dr. Dis said. It's called Rap Music and gave me Fat Boy's Crushing and Beastie Boy's License to Ill. And then soon after that, Fresh Prince was blowing up. So every kid was all on that. So it was like, I wasn't rapping as a little kid, but you were still like joke rapping with your friends and like writing stupid raps about a girl you liked or whatever. So then once I got to high school and realized it was like a real thing that people were doing, and then, you know, when we met some cats in high school later on who were actually recording raps, we were like, oh, snap do this like you know home studios were just kind of a new thing around that yeah, it was so rare now rare, everyone knows yeah. you can just be a rapper in your basement but back then you thought like oh what you need a record deal or something like
0: that's awesome that your dad gave you your first rap records was that had you heard any rap before that or that was yeah but the only rap i'd heard before was because of uh like my homie
1: you know the across the park your best friend's brother you know yeah. like <laughs> so older brother so it was all like NWA, two live crew, Ice T, like, you know, and I was still like seven or eight or whatever. So it was like I knew I thought that stuff was cool because because I knew those were words I wasn't supposed to know and say. So I thought it was awesome in that. But then when I actually heard like Fat Boys, Beasties, and then especially like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, it was like, Oh, this is for me, you know, like like Fresh Prince. I remember arguing with like my sisters who was like four years older, it's her birthday today. Happy B Day, Kristen. Uh, arguing with her friends, I'm a little kid, and they're like, like, no, that's pop music crap. DJ Jazzy Devin, and the Fresh Prince, like, you gotta listen to NWA, this and that. And I'm, you know, and I'm like arguing <laughs> with them, like I know hip hop, and just yeah. being like, no, man, Fresh Prince greatest rapper of all time, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and he's 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 still up there in in my top one hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like he got less fresh. With yeah. each release, but definitely he's the early back, stuff. Apparently. Oh, really? But
1: he's putting out a new album, so I don't know if he's gonna, you know, pay Nas for some new rhymes, or if he's got Jaden writing for him, or, or what his deal is. But this kid could rap too, man. Like, it ain't for me, but like that kid can put words together on some beats, which I believe
0: is what they call rapping. That's what they call. <laughs> 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 all this copy and stuff. Pardon me. Beautiful, no, man. That's that's what we want to do. So this was all London, Ontario. London, Ontario, which yeah. became sort of a hotbed for hip hop for, us, for yeah. underground Canadian hip hop. Yeah, London, I mean, I've said it before here, growing up in Halifax and then I remember like the London MCs, we started to hear like some London stuff kind of coming through the pipeline like different people were, were from Halifax were connected with London and there seemed to be like a really similar scene between the two. And so you were kind of coming up and when was the first Tool Shed album? Do you remember w- were you guys still in high school or was it
1: Uh, Yeah, we were still in high school. I mean, the first actual, the one that we put out in 2000 that we just called Toolshed, Toolshed, that was the first CD. That was 2000. So I guess it would have been just at at the very end of high school or maybe I was done and, you know, Tim and Tom are a year younger than me. But we'd put out, you know, albums, like tapes to our friends, Toolshed albums, and then there was, yeah, there was stuff that, like, is swept under the carpet now. That's, you know, I mean, even starting the catalog at Toolshed, Toolshed, like, no one needs to go dig that album up and listen yeah. to it right now, you know? But from, uh, you know, 2005 on, you know, you're great. We're, like, send that to anyone, and they can check it out. But uh, but some of the
0: early stuff definitely lacks in quality. So you, Timbuktu, and Saibo, Toolshed, were you guys friends who rapped first, or were you rappers who became friends because um, you were all sort of doing it together? Yeah, I mean, it was
1: definitely just the same... Uh,
0: you guys are pretty tight on all those tools. Same, tool same shed. circle, yeah.
1: same circle of friends. Like I said, I was a year ahead of those dudes in high school, but uh, but kind of the same thing. Like they came to a high school where people ciphering and freestyling outside was common, and we'd get drunk in the parks. And me and Tom would always, you know, you are just drink 40s on the weekend and freestyling, and everyone's doing like their worst impression of a beatbox for you, and just like really brutal ciphers. Like it's probably good we didn't have social media and like the ability to record everything back then. Because I probably wouldn't want to see most of it, but yeah, it just started like that for fun. And Tim started out uh, producing at, at his house, and so we would just go by and you know have a session and freestyle and record god awful stuff. And he didn't start rhyming till like a touch after, like I think you know he wasn't like looking for the spotlight at the party freestyling all stupid. But then he'd start freestyling alone just to, when he made a new beat to be like, how's this sound, you know? And then before you know it. Boom! We're like, oh snap! Now there's three of us rapping, and you know. But uh, like I said, it took a long. We weren't like Dell, like sixteen-year-old blowing people's mind. Like we definitely like love making music, but it took some hard work before. Yeah, yeah. I had anything we were proud of.
0: Well, all the tool shit stuff. Going through the whole catalog. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I'm proud. I'm proud of all. No, of that, it's know? all but, dope, like, and yeah. we
1: can go back and like and love our children, you know. But like, there's not everything that like on your band camp, right? <laughs>
0: you raise a good point too. I mean, there wasn't social media when we were younger doing starting out and I'm thankful for that too in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Like so in some ways you're like, Oh, I wish there was video of me doing raps when I was in grade eight. But at the same time it's like, oh, I don't know.
1: That's crazy. Now people have an E P K and like ten videos, you know, per album like, you know, I mean we were doing stuff ten years before I even saw a recording of myself and i wish i'd seen it sooner cuz it's like oh whoa calm down up there bro you know like sometimes <laughs> it's good to see yourself and like you know and perform and then you can like make adjustments but uh but coming up it just wasn't you know it was the same with like graffiti back in the days people would you know no one was like instagramming every single thing they painted you'd paint shit and then the train would roll away and you'd never see it again or even have a picture it was just like i guess it was cool like that it's the same way we all had to discover underground hip hop is like you know so you knew a guy who knew a guy and you got a tape from him, now you can just Google that and you could be ahead in the weekend, which I guess in itself is awesome. But, you know, back then it kind of required like this more
0: of a Indiana you know, Jones quest to like find the stuff. When you discovered something you'd never heard before, like who is this MC? Who's this beat? Like, who were some of those MCs that really influenced you early on?
1: I mean early like early on it was just like I said, it was you know it was everything like I mean I guess it's hard it's hard to like through the list of everything spanning from like the Tang side of the spectrum to but like you know back when we were like starting high school like if you look at albums that came out in 92, 3, 4, 5 all like, the classics yeah. it's insane you know so list all those but then I think it's as f- far aside from just like you know hip hop on a whole and all the stuff that was going on Native Tongues Soul Assassins, Hieroglyphics but then uh, for my pocket of homies like Tool Shed and stuff like that and I know for some of the Backburner dudes when we discovered like Project Flood and Freestyle Fellowship and CVE and those guys doing like the underground West Coast scene like that was kind of like that was our shit for a minute you know like we kind of like to the point where we almost hated on like stuff that I listen to now like even old Jay-Z or something that in high school was a snob about like that's whack dope as hell but we were like so yeah the underground West Coast scene definitely like Bay Area you know Mass Men that was definitely had a big influence on on us, and it's funny you can listen to some old stuff and see like, oh yes, it did for a minute. Yeah, you know, like you know, oh yeah, AC alone, you yeah, can hear all that. Eventually, you yeah. you know, you all find find your own style, but you can like go back to like when you're younger and more influential. Like, oh, I listened to a lot of Dell that year, you know, or, <laughs> or whatever
0: the case. Do you remember when your first show was, other than um, the uh, grade four tuxedo shirt, Robert Munch?
1: Yeah, like I don't remember. I don't know if it was summer of 97 or 98. We do have a flyer for it somewhere or for one of the early ones. But the first one was just like a lot of people, like a crappy battle of the bands, where basically, like, you know, the embassy in London, which is classic, and we played there for years. But, uh, you know, basically the bar is just like charging little kids to like bring their fan base out. And whoever brings out the most fan base, they go, You won the battle of the bands. But, uh, but that's what the first thing was. And like, we didn't even have a band name. Time the tool shed was just what we called the studio. Tim, you know, back then home improvement was a TV show. There was Tim the toolman as a joke, you know, the studio was the tool shed. And so literally on the phone, we just told the guys, like, oh, we'll just put down tool shed and we'll we'll figure it out. We'll call you back with a you name. Know? And like really? Yeah. Yeah, that was that. That's was awesome. It. Because at the time we were doing stuff with uh uh Rift, aka self-help, who at the time was stranged. And me and Tom were, you know, had our little side thing, which in the beginning was called Rhyme Schematics, like <laughs> Schematics and Rhyme, but it was Rhyme Schematics, whoa, uh, you know, so it was total, like, that's classic, so yeah. it was just like, and then, and then, like I said, and then Tim started rapping, so we were all doing posse stuff, but we didn't really have a name for it. Yeah. So we were just like, put down a tool shed and we'll call you back with something cooler. And we never called them back with anything cooler. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that, you know. A name's not as, you know. A name just sticks.
0: And Toolshade, how, how many albums did you guys put out? It was like ten,
1: right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of years, and you know, we typically, even even now with Swamp Thing, we, you know, we pump out at least one thing a year usually. And now, and between, you know, we obviously we putting out back burner years every hand, back burner albums every handful of years, and we all do solo stuff too. So it's like, uh, it's
0: never stopped.
1: No, but as far as yeah, as far as tool shed, I don't know. But I mean, you know,
0: there's only uh There's, there's a o- lot. I know I there's I've only got a some. handful
1: you need to run out and grab. I've got some
0: here, the sequestrians. I mean I've got all of them kicking around. Relapse. Yeah. So was relapse this was sort of the last one with all three of you guys, right? There was The Lost. There was the there
1: was The Lost, which was like kind of the album we were working on that we never finished, so it still has a ton of Saibo on it as well. But Relapse was the first time that we were all just up at the cabin you know, for, like, 11 days, just, boom, record a song every day. So, like, that's the first Toolshed album where, like, all three of us are on every track.
0: And for the cabin, for the people listening at home, that's your secret base out in the woods where you guys retreat every summer and uh, make music, right?
1: Yeah, that's a cabin in the woods that we're fortunate enough to be able to use and uh, bring all the equipment up and record albums up there, which we still do with Swamp Thing. It's amazing. And it's funny, like, you know, to think back to, like, the first time we did that in, like, or something you got like a minivan like full of like huge speakers and a computer and a big tower and all this stuff and now you just go up with like a laptop and a usb stick yeah and like you know so it's a, it's a lot more portable now now we can the three of us can just squeeze onto one motorcycle
0: instead of uh bring a minivan <laughs> that was cool the work ethic that you guys have is so crazy and now with swamp thing you got civilian is in the mix yeah So Tool Shed, relapsed, then The Lost, then Tom moved away. Tom moved away. I moved to – Tom moved to BC. I moved to Montreal. Tim moved to Toronto. And then you did the sequestrians. That was sort of around – That was was just before
1: we kind of all, like, splintered off geographically. Anyway, I I mean, obviously, you know, I went to Montreal, and and I was admiring your recording setup here. I said I had kind of a half-assed one in my room in Montreal. So, you know, Tim came to Montreal, we recorded in my room then, Tom will send us verses from from BC, but like, but yeah, that was the first time that all of a sudden we were all in different cities, and uh, it didn't take me long to realize, you know, after a year in Montreal, which is an awesome city, that like, Ontario, and especially Toronto, with where all my homies were, and you, you know, you think you can make music long distance, but like, just being there and, you know, the fun of doing it, which like you said, hard work ethic, but really it's just... the also, we just love doing it, so it's like you don't stop because you're not like disappointed that you didn't get a million views or whatever the hell,
0: because like you had fun the night we made that track or whatever. Exactly, and that's, dude, that's so key. And I think that's why, like, when we all connected with Backburner and everything, we were all sort of on the same page of we're just doing this because we love it. It's fun. Yeah, it'll be great if we can sell tons of albums and, and get out and tour, and a lot of people can hear our music. But we are doing it for the fun. It's at the core. So having that group of friends around and that support group where like all your homies are doing it and like let's just keep doing it and building together. And that's when sort of Backburner and you know, we're we're bouncing all over the place here. When Backburner first was sort of forming like Jesse was on here and Thesis and Socks and yep. we were and Fest and we were we were kind of talking about it. So we got to touch on the Backburner stuff just For a little sure. bit. Do you remember when sort of your first connection with the crew like when we were all starting? Cuz I guess I first met you I feel like it was 2003. Three or two thousand four, but we didn't really become tight until like maybe a year or two after that.
1: Oh yeah, I might not my first like because I was like I think two thousand one, two, but I forgot the first time I went to Halifax and met Kills and Fess and Jesse and those guys. I didn't actually meet you. I just heard your jams because you'd recorded like the OG Word Burglar EP with Kills. So when they were showing me like like early Johnny Hardcore tracks and your tracks, I hadn't actually met you guys but I was getting to hear all that stuff. But
0: uh yeah, you did a sh- a show out there, right?
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. I went out there with uh with Thesis because uh for the, for the Haligonians uh listening my uh awesome cousin Aaron is uh, co-owner of Freak Lunchbox. Awesome candy store. Candy yeah, yeah, yeah. There. I've so, gotten many
0: a sweet treat from there.
1: <laughs> yeah, so between all the the rap homies that we had out there, Thesis was doing uh doing NASCA, doing his art degree or whatever. Not or whatever. He's a crazy, amazing artist. So he was out there doing that. But he's kind of the, the reason for a lot of the initial back burner connections because he was meeting people in Halifax who were doing similar stuff and being like, oh, well, check out my homie's tool shed back home and other homies as well. And so all of a sudden, even though London is, like, right next to Toronto, we had all these East Coast rap connections. So when I had a chance to go out there to see my cousin, uh, do a show with Thesis, like, you know, uh, Keynes and corn like, Pipskid played at that show. My mom was in the audience. She got to meet Johnny Hardcore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know like hey, it mommy, was just, it was Johnny Hardcore. It was just hilarious. It was like, yeah, man, Halifax is awesome. And then uh, and I recorded uh, Sugar Cubes, the song, yeah, on the right. second Basements of Batman that's album. That's right. First yeah. time I met Jesse and all those guys. So that was kind of like my introduction to the Backburner guys. And then, yeah, then within, you know, a summer or two from that, we were in a van with you. Dozen, dozen years plus, anyway. and uh, Oh, man. And, and we're started, here. Started making all, all those uh, those connections.
0: Countless tracks later. So mm-hmm. let's jump into Swamp Thing yeah. real quick. So Swamp Thing but, is yourself, Timbuktu, and Civilian. Yes. Sort of came out. It was the, the next stage in the evolution of you and Tim making music together and, and Tool Shed sort of, not retiring, but... The yeah, I mean, the,
1: you know, there's not going to be, you know, Tom's... Raising beautiful babies and doing awesome stuff out in B.C. But uh, and, you know, and he's got a a, he's got a verse that's going to be on the new basements of Batman. So, I mean, it's still it's still all love. But, yeah, we're not making Tool Shed albums anymore, you know. So, I mean, uh, but we didn't intend like me and Tim, like you said, we just kept making music together. Uh, We both do solo stuff and we do back burner stuff. Uh, So we weren't looking to start another three man rap group. It just kind of happened really really naturally like we you know just linked up with civilian in the studio to make a track one day just for kicks and like you know before we would even started recording our verses we were like man we're making an ep and it's called swamp thing and this is awesome and you know so it kind of happened by accident like we weren't like oh we need another three-man posse because that's what we're
0: used to uh, it just happened really naturally but uh but yeah it just, just came together it, perfect. Was, it was kismet you the three of you guys just connected you clicked with the beats and the rhymes and you all compliment each other and yeah i love we've the swamp vibe all, we've all here. known yeah.
1: civilian for for years yeah. too you know Preacher so it's box. just kind of like we've known him from time uh it was just like kind of that perfect moment of just like you know me and tim ran into him one night at one of the beat lounges that you know tim tim had dragged me out to and we were just like drunk like dude we're in the studio tomorrow you should come by let's make a track civilian showed up with a gang of beats wasn't even planning on rapping with us. He's like, "Oh, I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I'm rusty. I don't." And then he just summed us like one, two, three. Our first video right. is the first track we made, and we directed, were just like, yeah. "All right, we're let's do this." That's directed by and, Dan Jardine, uh, our buddy. Directed Shout by, by Dan Jardine. Dan, Jardine. Yeah. Shout out. But uh, and yeah. Sav's the exact same mind state as as us all these years. Is he's just this guy who's been you know grinding because he enjoys it and just keep going. So I mean, I don't think he was looking for 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 a new rap group, either, you yeah. know, after uh, his dope group, Creature Box. But it just kind of happened. We're just like, oh, snap, now this is amazing again. Let's. Let's crush some heads.
2: The whole scene was something out of a dream. I didn't know how it could be until I found the machine. Hopped in it in a hot minute, then I thought, wait. Don't know how to work it, gotta wing it, this is not great. I'm hitting every button, flipping switches, changing numbers. Cruising in the driver's seat, past days of thunder. And years of hunger pulling over when I find dwarves. Battling with giants while I'm trying to do the time warp. Had some problems in the past, and I'm still bitter. Traveled to the future, did my homework, and I killed Hitler. Caught a couple shows, so was Readingville with it. Hit up the ice age just to see a real winner. I watched Armor getting confused. Went back swim and swam laps in primordial lose. School Socrates told Nostradamus prophecies. Got so high with Tim Leary that I lost the keys.
0: You know when you were a kid that you'd always be rapping.
1: Um, you know, like
2: you mean what, like once I started.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean look, we both been doing this a long time and i uh, I'm never going to stop writing rhymes. It's just sort of how I am and I know it's how you are. You love a rhyme like
1: Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I think in uh I think in high school when it, like when I first started out, I don't think I knew how serious it was about to get. Like I just knew I loved doing it with my friends, but you know, but for the first couple years of just freestyling and recording some freestyles, I don't know if I knew yet like, man, I'm going to do this forever. But once we became like an actual cohesive group like and we were writing songs and concepts like i was like oh man we're never gonna stop this you know and here you know like like i said i think the first freestyle tapes which were garbage were like 96 and uh 2016 so obviously we've been enjoying it enough to, to keep
0: going yeah no plans to stop no, I don't know, know you like, got any plans too? No. no I I, I <laughs>
1: yeah, I get stoked about it. Like I said, Wednesday night, like it's just like I'm sitting at home, I'm trying to find uh I'm looking for samples for DJI right? to do cuts on the new Swamp Thing album, which he did some on Thursday. That was crazy. Oh man, I can't wait to hear it. But uh but meanwhile, I'm getting texts about how you guys are over there working on some back burner stuff at Tim's. And I'm like, forget it. I hop in into Uber. I
0: don't even tell Tim I'm on the way. I just show up. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing because we were just there waiting. We're like, I don't know. Is he going to show up? Because that was like maybe like 10 o'clock or something. Yeah. So it was kind of the edge. It was I was trying Wednesday to do rap homework, like, but then I was like, forget it. No, and you came through. Sneaky, chokey surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it was the best idea. Do you have any, like, what are your favorite memories of recording songs?
1: Um, Yeah, no, it's hard to pinpoint, like, I mean, you know, I mean, the reason why Tim's studio, Timbuktu's studio is called Fun, capital F, capital U, capital N, is that we have a lot of fun there, you know? It's like there's times when we've had people in from out of town and the whole Backburner crew there. Even when we filmed the Bottle Caps video yeah. in Tim's apartment, which is where the studio is. Like, Go watch
0: that video if you haven't seen it. Yeah. That's actually where we make a
1: lot of our... Yeah, I mean, that pretty much
0: looks like show. that all the time does. and yeah that's a that's
1: a fun place to go that's why we keep going back you know if uh i hate to be one of those people who goes to some you know rigid studio where they're not allowed to uh
0: spill beer on the floor <laughs> whenever i work with you guys in the studio i always have so much fun and just when we sit down we, we just put on a beat and then just write and there's just an energy and everybody sort of plays off each other and what you guys are great at is coming up with choruses
1: yeah i think it's like a comfort thing like we Lately what what we've I mean sometimes like you said you come up with the idea before, you have a chorus like here's the song But uh but oftentimes we just have a concept and not a chorus. We'll be like, Well forget it, let's go write our rhymes. Someone comes up with something, sure. But we just record the track and then afterwards we kinda have a couple of drinks, get a little looser, and then just listen to the song and come up with a hook, you know? Because sometimes I think especially like if you listen to like older older stuff, tool shed stuff, uh, getting like a like, really cerebral on the choruses. And it's like, you know, like an eight-bar chorus, and everything is different. But some hooks are just dope when they're just like simple and whatever, you know? And sometimes if you don't overthink it, and you're just like, yo, what about swamp Thing and Berg? Word. <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but, you know, but then other days you just have this like, you know, crazy idea for a chorus that's maybe way different. But, uh, but yeah, we basically just put all three of our heads together, and there's no, there's no bad ideas. So we're just like, what about this? And it's like, Yes. Or it's like, maybe, but what about that instead? So I think the comfort of just like being with homies and not being, you know, because sometimes you make tracks with people you don't know and it's more competitive and you don't want to throw sure, out yeah. an idea that you don't think is great. You don't throw out a 60 percent good idea, but amongst friends, you throw out a half good idea and they they fill up the rest of it the cup. raise it up. You yeah. Know? yeah. So it's like so it's just that's the easiness of Swamp Thing Choruses, is that like, what about what about? Instead of like, yeah, if you're making tracks with like, oh, I got to impress this kid, then you only want to like open your mouth if you think it's gold. Instead of like working together to collaborate on a good idea.
0: Yeah. Now for your solo tracks, like I'm looking back. Clockwork awkward.
1: Yeah, that's an oldie.
0: What What's your favorite track on that album? This is your first solo take,
1: right? Yeah, man, that's uh. It's weird to think back to this. Yeah, there's a few that are, like, that are okay, you know. Uh, Village Idiots, about all my drunk friends at the time, is kind of, like, a, you know, one of the first songs where I was getting sort of more comical and, it's like, you know. it's Like, it's funny, when we were younger, like, we were trying, well, I don't know we were trying, but we were just, like, you know, sounding way smarter than we were on tracks, maybe just because of our influences. But then, you know, as you grow into your own character, you know, figure out what you're rapping about. But yeah, so some of this stuff to look back on like nineteen year old me trying to pretend he's so smart on these songs. <laughs> 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 like all deep and stuff, like, oh yo, super metaphysical deepness. That's not actually something I ever said. But uh butterfly people
0: Yeah, that's I remember still that like jam. that was I
1: I don't show. know if if you know, if my my raps would hold up, but like as an idea that was kind of a, a crazy song. But uh but yeah, like I said, there's tons of like Tim beats that I'd love to hear on this right now, but Probably only like four choke rhymes <laughs>
0: so you didn't put out a second solo until hypergraphia, right
1: yeah, I mean, obviously the uh I mean, my focus for me has always been group stuff because that's where I came from, so that's what i'm I'm used to, but i still uh I still get the itch, like right now where I th- you know for the first time, I'm like, oh well, we're doing this swamp thing stuff, I don't need to be working on a new solo. And then you just start coming up with new ideas. Like you don't choose when you start working on new solo stuff. It's just you have some stuff that's like, oh, this will be fun to bring to the table with the group. And other stuff that you're like, oh, this is works well just as like a one man idea.
0: Yeah, well I love your solo albums and the songs yeah, are so you. like on hypergraphia. I know I've got there's a bunch of jams on there that I'm a big fan of. Uh we did I know we did some stuff on there for sure. Yeah, lyrical I mean, dope. Our tracks aside, uh <laughs> Life Twice is such a crazy Good song. And it's actually, it's a quote,
1: which I I do reference in, in the lyrics, but it's, we write to taste life twice. But it's a quote by, uh, who knows if I know how to pronounce people's names, but uh, a writer, Anais Nin, uh, who's like an old school, like uh, the journals of Anais Nin. Uh, she's just one of those ladies who has a million quotes because she's a crazy writer. So as a writer, like reading her journals, you're like, oh man, she's just putting it all into words perfect. That one was just great for a rap song. It popped in my head uh when I was
0: writing to the beat. But um But it's so true and it rings true and then with songs like just what we were talking about about going back and listening to our older stuff or yeah anything. When I go back and hear a song that we made ten years ago, like, Oh yeah, I remember that weekend when we made that song. That was a fun time and it is and then when you're writing the song, you're also thinking about life and everything I yeah. just love I just love the quote I love the the tracks amazing too I'll probably play it at the end of this uh, oh. the show but it's um yeah I thought that's that's a such a great jam you're also doing comedy now too yeah not I mean not enough
1: to uh you know a handful of times not enough to be able to call myself a comedian yet but I'm definitely uh, an aspiring comedian at this point
0: well okay so here's the thing when when I think of you like people who don't know you and they only know you on on the mic. It's like wow, choke. It's hilarious. Got crazy, crazy punchlines. Great writer. Great rhyme writer. You're not an angry man.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyone who knows you, will go, oh, Choke's a sweetheart. He's hilarious. He's the funnest guy. But on the mic, you've got this like energy, and you gets so loud, and it's like, oh man, that who's the angry dude? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's funny. You don't you don't pick it, but that's uh, yeah, that's my. That's my energy. It's Where just, do you think that comes from? I don't know. You know, I listened to too much uh, Rage Against the Machine before I got into hip-hop. Like, <laughs> who knows? But uh, but like I said, you know, like we did shows for, you know, 10 years before I even saw a video of myself. So it's just kind of like you just have whatever your style was. And I guess mine was an aggressive style. And I think even that's reflected in even Swamp Thing as a group, you know, like we were talking to DJI Raid about it the other night. And he's like, oh, yeah, like talking about one of our new songs. And he's like, you just hear it and it's like, it's so mean and just like smacks you in the face. And he's like, and then you go back and listen to it and realize like, you guys are being hilarious in your rhymes, you know? But it's just like, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, comedy and, and rap writing, at least, you know, sometimes you're writing a full story, sometimes you're writing conceptual stuff. But for the most part, and you're similar to me, it's a lot of setup, punch, setup, punch. And you know, and in rap, sometimes the punch is just supposed to be a a slap and not like a ha ha. But uh, but it is it is the similar formula of like oh, I'm just gonna try this clever turn of phrase, and hopefully people go oh shit or ha ha.
2: Yeah. <laughs> depending
1: <laughs> on depending on the scenario, you know. But it's definitely uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a similar process.
0: And it's also matching the beats too. When the beats are hard and mean, like you're saying, you want to come at it mean yeah. and just attack the mic, yeah. and that's that energy, and I love it. And
1: Tim and Civilian definitely give you some beats where you're just like, Oh yeah, this this is a face puncher, so that's
0: that's how the the delivery is gonna come out. Yeah. Yeah. I posted on Facebook today that you were coming over and I and I said, Choky Lee's is hanging out on the podcast today. Anything you want me to ask him? And yeah. we've got some questions here. What pizza topping do you prefer? Uh well, as some of you in Internet land know,
1: uh I'm vegan, so I prefer Vegan pizza toppings, but not too picky on uh, on what else. Um, Are you into broccoli on
0: pizza? I don't like that.
1: I'm cool with it. I don't do it anymore. There used yeah. to be a time where I think I was trying to pretend like I had to be healthy and get pizza at the same time. But uh, <laughs> but you know, just classic like uh, you know, I'm down with green peppers and mushrooms and some onions.
0: Yeah, some olives. olives. Sometimes green I'll throw or-
1: olives. I got to be in the mood for because it's like olives, similar to mustard. is like it's it dominates the party. It's a it's a loud
0: guest. So it's like if you want you know if you
1: want a mustard sandwich, throw some mustard on there. But I need th-
0: mustard on my sandwich. But, I uh, love
1: it. Oh yeah, me too. I rock it all the time. But it's one of those things when people are
0: like, oh, I don't really fuck with mustard. I, I get it because it's a dominating force. Yeah, I guess I like I like broccoli on its own, but broccoli is one of those things that just on a pizza it, it kind of throws me off. But I guess it depends how it's done. If you like saute yeah. the broccoli, like a raw broccoli on just straight up cheese broccoli rob broccoli the dope rap name Uh my homie rob broccoli homie rob broccoli (laughs) 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 Uh, i love that man just coming up with oh man that'd be a dope rap name last night i was hanging out with uh peter and uh peter project and the term hoarder storage came up and i just heard him like hoarder storage I gotta write that down. Like that's gotta go in a rhyme. Like hoarder storage. I'm gonna order porridge, and <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, like I love when you hear like little things like that. And just click. Cause I know yeah. you're the same way, and you're like zipping with the things. My, uh, yeah my my old man
1: texted me one day, unrepresented litigant. He was just <laughs> he was just you know like. <laughs> Doing work, reading something, and then he saw Unrepresented Litigant. He's like, "Oh, I got to text this to my rapper son just in case." That's an awesome turn,
0: Litigant. <laughs> got to write that down. You mentioned you're vegan. Yeah. Great, you made that awesome jam. Forty year old vegan. Yeah. The video was amazing. People listening Dan haven't Jardine. seen the video. Yeah, Dan Jardine, directive, forty year old vegan, and you got on a farm with a bunch of different animals.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's. About an hour outside of Toronto, there's a sanctuary called uh, Wishing Well Sanctuary. Awesome place. Uh, and just got to play with a bunch of dope animals and, and rap all day. So it was fun.
0: Yeah, no, and that song blew up. It blew up in general just within sort of like, you know, the rap community. But like the vegan community just totally, yeah, I mean, people re- did really get behind it, which is
1: which is awesome. I mean, I, I didn't expect that. Like, I, I guess I knew, like, you know, because I... I've been vegan for almost ten years and it wasn't uh you know, I was never trying to be like, I gotta make the perfect vegan song yeah. to cash in on this veganness. Uh it was just kinda like, you know, Sav gave me the perfect beat and it was a funny idea. The hook just came from one from one of my homies, you know, just one day as they get asked all the time, just like, you know, sorry, no d- no I don't I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, what do you eat? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it was just like it was just a, f- a funny response to a common question that uh that you know, the people who only eat plants get asked a lot. Yeah. So, uh, so it just kind of it just kind of happened naturally, and then you know, and it is even just from a rap standpoint, it's it's a dope song. And a lot of uh, a lot of my homies, you know, who who aren't vegan by any stretch of the imagination, gave me so much support for it and got behind it. But then, like you said, just on the other flip side, like just you know, all these organizations from Mercy for Animals to whoever else who do tons of stuff are just like, you know, Huffington Post just sharing this video which surprised the hell out of me. But like I said, it was a perfect storm because, you know, Wishing Well gave us such a good spot to shoot a video that it's like that in itself, you know, more or less had already done his brunch video with all the food and stuff. So even though my sister's a dope vegan chef, I couldn't just do a food video. So that's where the idea for the animals came from. Right, right. And it was just perfect like, you know, you, you got like a pig trying to eat a carrot out of my hand while I'm rapping like that's you know people enjoy that it's a good song dan makes great videos so it was just kind of like all the ingredients worked out and yeah like it's it's definitely you know my most viewed video by far yeah
0: no it's a dope dope song great video and it was just cool to see so many new people and it's funny like i know we talk about this too like sometimes you know i'm a comic book fan so obviously i'm gonna rap about comic books and doing the song about comic books got some attention from the comic book community and you start to see like these crossover things but it's never really like oh we'll do this and maybe sort of target it it's just like this is what it is this is what we have to do and and then you see and it reaches a whole bunch of new people it's just great because it also exposes people to rap that's just like look we're just rap is just what you love and it should be it's like any art form and you're just making music about about the things you're you care about, and you're into, yeah. whether it's political or whether it's educational or humorous or just about what you had for lunch. And and that's to me it's like anything that just exposes people to more good rap is always a good thing. And then when people are like, "I don't like rap, but I love this song because I'm vegan too." And yeah, you do get a
1: lot of that. I mean, yeah. it's flattering like it's and it's always super positive stuff, but like sometimes, you know, you can tell it's someone who has who doesn't give crap about hip-hop or anything or whatever you know they're just like this is great i watched your other stuff but this is the one that's good make more like this one and it's like (laughs) well thank you i'm glad you like this but you but you don't need to like backhanded compliment to my other stuff you know well they want uh, a whole album
0: about veganism but yeah
1: you know and i'm and you know and if my brain just coincidentally came up with those songs then maybe that would exist but i'm i'm not trying to force that out the door because that's you know because that's what someone else wants to hear like i said you know it's like in 10 years i just had this one you know dope song and it if just i came, yeah. if i think of a funny line it'll it'll you know there it'll be but uh but yeah i mean and and also it did get such a great response and it is such a dope video like That's hard to top,
0: you know, like right now I got the best vegan rap jam out there. Bring it. (laughs) I I fully agree with that, man. I remember the first time I heard it at the studio, I think it was like maybe a week after you recorded it or something, you guys played it. You know, that's another perk about just being in such a dope crew. It's like, yeah, when we're just hanging out, we get to hear the new stuff months before anybody else. And I remember first hearing that and I think it was Caveman, the Caveman Lawyer song. I was like, oh man, these are crazy. And I remember hearing that vegan track. I was like, dude, got to do a video for this. Song is just super dope And I'm not vegan at all I mean hey I got a video about croc masseurs Which is kind of like Not a vegan <laughs> sandwich at all Although You can do vegan croc monsieur, Which I would love to try But oh, I love it I thought, I that, I
1: thought it. that song was about croc master <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh no I just lost my vegan audience uh, <laughs> Spot is blown
2: Billy tried it first Just diving head first Hungry for knowledge and dying of thirst. Started doing it for fun, till sooner because. On obsession, and since then it grew and it spawned a cult following. Guess the rest are not ready for X, fresh medleys. Yes, we got plenty. Rock steady foes for not many folks. Use raw, deadly pros to drop, heavy flows. Never know, no, you just can't stop. Show when I'm throwing bows, it's a blow from the top rows. John Doe now, later follow or Bob o. Come so clean, they'll use this to wash
0: 97. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I just got a text from Timmy, texting in live to the podcast. oh He Tim wants Black me to ask saying? you how dope Pray to Science is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tim's always coming with a hard issue. Uh, Pray to Science. <laughs> just, what is Pray to Science? It's the new Swamp Thing album that will be out uh, end of this summer. Uh, we got DJ Rate doing all the cuts, and... uh Dope guests from uh, Word Burglar to uh, Ghetto Socks to uh, You Will Wait and See. I'm very excited. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we've been working hard on it. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's it's a great feeling to put out your newest thing and have it be arguably the thing you're the most proud of, you know, because, like I said,
0: otherwise, retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it's such a good feeling. And, again, back to, like, why we do this and what we love doing. It. it just feels so good to get a new baby out here. Right. And whenever a new project comes out, it's always exciting, whether it's my friends or mine. Exactly. Like, it, yeah, is our, right. it is our babies. Yeah. Yeah. They're our babies. They're like, I, they're, I see them. It's like they're your kids. It's like, oh, it's my friend's kids. I'm so proud yeah, of you them. Get, you get your friends <laughs> on
1: Facebook. and like, why are you always posting about new music? Well, why are you always posting about new babies? Yeah. Because <laughs> these are our babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: it's so true. Uh, science. That's science. Pray to science. Pray to science. Did the Swamp Thing name come from the comic book or just your own sort of this is what it was? It, the yeah, movie? it just kind
1: of, it just kind of happened on the track we were working on, on the first time I think Sav we were listening to beats, said something about it being like I don't know if it was murky or maybe swampy or you know just how Sav talks and he's like yeah this one's swampy muddy whatever and uh, and I think I said something about Swamp Thing and then you know maybe Tim was like, that'd be a good name for an EP. be like, that'd be a good name for a group. You know, like it was just kind of like boom, boom, boom. Aside from just being a cool sounding name, it sort of like encompassed like the, all the pop culture that influenced all of us as kids. Right. Cause a lot of B movie stuff and old sci-fi and, but and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like we were like, what's the name? It was just like somehow amongst our conversation about the track swamp thing came up and it went from like, it was just like, oh
0: yeah. And that seems to be a thread That's... throughout sort of your career, right? It's just, this is, Happen. this is just fits, let's do it. It's like yeah. you are saying with Toolshed, it's like, we'll let you know. And,
1: yeah, like, I mean, same with Ch- Chokely's. I wasn't ever trying to be like the most hard-to-pronounce rapper since Akinelli <laughs> or whatever
2: <laughs> the hell.
1: You know, but it's like, but I was just in Toolshed, I was just always Choke. Chokely's was just a nickname from the homies. And then when I put out a solo album, I was like, well, in my space era, can't be Choke because there's probably a thousand goth metal bands called Choke. So need something else. And what, all that existed was Jokely. So I was like, sure, let's go. I mean, you know, the bright side is you Google me. That's all you're going to find. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just noticed your Stormtrooper socks. Those are pretty sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, they happen. I had clean laundry, and these happen to be one of my most comfy pairs of socks. But, like, I think subconsciously a little bit after, I was like, did I put these on for Bergie? <laughs> so,
0: you know, maybe a bit, to impress, maybe dude. A bit of both. <laughs> So, we got another uh, audience submission question. So, our friend Hien Vo, Vibe and Vo, was at the $5 Rap Show. Big shout-out, Vibe and Vo. He mentioned a question that I think we both found kind of interesting. And he said, what do you consider yourself first, a rapper or a writer? I'm going to let you field that
1: first. Yeah, I mean, I think that, for me, it's an easy answer. I would say writer, but um, only because I... Aside from just rap, like I I write in, in other avenues. But also I think even like amongst, you know, amongst my friends, like I never thought like, you know, I always make the joke. Well, we were talking about unfrozen caveman rapper, but uh, but about me having kind of a caveman style, like I'm not like the most intricate, insane, whatever. I can definitely chop it up and and uh, and, and flow on a beat. But I'm definitely a lot more simple. So I think I, for me, in my mind, my strength was always my writing. Whereas, like, some of our other homies, even when they're writing simple stuff, it's not what they're saying, but how they're connecting it and just, like, whatever. So, I think, uh, yeah, I think, like, we definitely, you know, as far as rappers, we got our egos. But there's some of our homies that I might concede, like, he's a better rapper than me, but I'd still be like, but I'm a better writer, you know? Yeah,
0: (laughs) It is really interesting because, yeah, when you talk about some of those styles – and some of the guys who do those crazy, crazy styles, like I think of like bus driver, right? Who's yeah. got like he'll really chop it up and go drop a million words on you, and then you're like, Whoa, that actually he's dropping like some really interesting yeah thoughts and, and his writings on point. But then sometimes you listen and it's like, Whoa, that guy stylistically is crazy, but lyrically, what's where's the content? Right. So rapping has made me a better writer and being the more I write, it's made me a better rapper and timing and everything. So it's a tough question. I, I hadn't really thought of that. But also when we're writing in different things, you know, I'm writing a comic book or writing a script or writing, you know, you're writing your jokes. or you're, yeah. We're just writing different things. Then sort of the writing comes into it, right? I'm not thinking like a rapper. I'm thinking like a writer. But my writing skills have definitely come from writing raps. Like yeah, that's, likewise. I think, where my strongest, like where I would spend the most time. Like, in school, as a kid, I would much rather be writing raps than writing
1: a book report. Yeah, yeah like, when I was younger, I probably would have been, like, well, rapper, because the only reason I'm writing and trying to be a dope writer is so I can be a better rapper. But I think, uh, you know, because I do a lot of uh, a lot of rap writing that's not for songs that I ever record. I just enjoy the process of writing. Or, you know, sometimes if I'm trying to do, you know, sometimes I juggle things. Like, whether I'm doing art, music, or comedy, It's it's cool because I can never seem to, like, do them all at once, enough, but uh, but I'll, like, procrastinate one. But, you know, if I got rap homework I can't wrap my head around, I might procrastinate by drawing for a little while. And same thing, when I'm not working on, uh, like we said, solo albums or whatever, there's still a part of me that just just loves to write just to get that out, you know, even just some free writing, and then I never use those bars for anything, but it's I just enjoy it.
0: Yeah, now that actually, great question, Vo, and that brings – me around to to rap like when you're listening to rap are you listening more for lyrics are you listening for voice are you listening for beats like when you go in and just be like I'm gonna check this new album like your favorite rappers are they the guys who have the craziest voices or the craziest
1: styles yeah it's hard to uh I mean it's you know whatever you think of uh even like top five anything whether it's albums or rappers or even who my favorite rapper is then there's like you know, my answer would be different every day and there's so many guys and it'd be like, you know, stylistically I'd be like, Oh, Feral Manch is the best. You put him on a posse cut with anyone, he's gonna own that song. That guy will style the F out of every track. But then you're like, Oh, but you know, like like rock him, like the originator, he did this, you know, and then you'd be like, Oh, but you know, when I was coming up, like I love Dell and like just his flows and un- bliss like there's just so many different reasons to like to enjoy all these different talents. I mean for for me, much is one that that does jump on, but then there's no, you know, his solo albums wouldn't even be in my in my top twenty favorite albums. So how is he my? He's not my favorite. You know, it's like
0: that's the yeah. It's that's hard, totally it's
1: hard in- to pinpoint because then I'd be like, well, there's this rapper who made one of my favorite albums, but he's not necessarily you know like like Guru isn't showing up on my list of MCs, but Gangstar is showing up on my list of tracks. You know what I yeah, mean? yeah. So it's like.
0: There's different things to take into account. Okay, so this doesn't have to be a definitive list, but just right now, sort of off the top of your head, if I were to say, which I'm about to say, what are your top rap albums of all time? What would you just throw out there? Wow.
1: Yeah, that's a difficult question, and they'll probably all be, like, such typical answers. I mean, uh, first Wu-Tang, obviously, end of the Wu-Tang, just because, like, still, front to back, I listen to that shit, and it's amazing, but obviously, just the point I was at in my life, little grade nine kid, like, just like, just changed my my perspective on everything because up to that point, looking back, it's marketing too, but like, it, it was just all so crazy and mysterious. And there they are on the cover of, whether it was Rolling Stone or whatever, and Ghostface got a pantyhose on his face, and everyone else was looking down, and it's just these shadowy ninja figures, and you're like, what the hell is this? We're like fourteen year old kids were convinced that these guys could actually like kung fu your ass <laughs> into
2: kingdom come yeah
1: they were superheroes and yeah, yeah like so that i mean you know undeniably uh wu-tang but then like oh man think about like like albums that like i can remember that like hugely influenced like points in time like like Sex Style from cool keith yeah even though dr octagon is you know arguably you couldn't tell me which is a better album like dr octagon is phenomenal in the production or whatever but Sextile, just for that point in time and the hilariousness of it and just like, you know, even bringing it up, I can just like freak mode, yeah. um, you know, like I can just hear stuff oh, yeah. come in. Um, So, I mean, so I guess in that sense, that would be up there. Although I did recently, just because it popped up in my iTunes shuffle, the uh, the unreleased Sextiles album, yeah. like the volume two or whatever. Uh, Listened to about half of
0: that the other day and was just cracking up. Cool, Keith. Man. Okay, so we were just at South By and... And we saw Cool Keith, and he did – he basically did a few hits right off the top, and then he went into a whole bunch – he basically went into, like, a half-hour freestyle set where he was just like, DJ, put on beats. Put, play those industry beats. <laughs>
2: <Lyrically>. <laughs> that's my.
0: That's my bad Cool Keith impression. And then he just – but his freestyle was so basic, and it was just like, I'm on the mic. I do what I like. I ride a bike. I'm not a tyke. And it was just like, what? What? You, here's a beer. You got a beer. Come over here. I'm cool, Keith. I'm cool, Keith. And then everyone's like, ah, let's go, cool Keith. And he literally just <laughs> kept doing that, and just standing back and forth. Sometimes it didn't even rhyme. I got a sandwich. I'm enjoying some basketball playoffs. <laughs> he was just saying words for a half hour. And people, it's no one looked away. Everyone was just laughing and enjoying themselves. It Remember this fun. old cool Keith freestyle? Not only does he do the whole alphabet at some point, just
1: freestyling, and then he's like, A, B, C, D, E, F, to the G, and just goes through the whole alphabet, right, when you think he might stop? No,
0: he, gets, he covers <laughs> yeah, the whole I thing. remember that. But
1: then also it's like, you know when MCs have their crutches, and at certain points, like his was lyrical or lyrically, so there would be actual bars where he'd be like,
2: lyrically, I'm so lyrical. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> That's the bar, but it's cool Keith saying it, so it makes it amazing. Yeah. <laughs> What's one of the funnest times you've had at a show? Whether performing or whether just being an observer.
1: Yeah, like if you don't, sometimes at some of the $5 rap shows, like when I don't have to play, like even at the last one, you texted me earlier in the day, like, oh, man, you know you're welcome to do a few joints if you want. And I was like, no, I'm good just to like, just to hang out. Because sometimes you can't wait to perform, and that's what, what you do. But other times it's awesome just to hang out, support your friends, and just kind of like party and not worry about it. Be like, well, you know, there's no, there's no weight on your shoulders, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, you know, touring, there's so many fun times, but I think I would honestly say like over the history of the last five years, like $5 rap show is definitely like the bulk of like awesome rap memories as far as, cause we, you know, if, if, if all the homies that live in town, there we are repping and hanging out. And then oftentimes our homies come from out of town to play the show. It's so, awesome. Yeah, so man. Yeah, that's uh, definitely up there. It's yeah. always
0: exciting to see, oh wow, so-and-so just showed up and. What? Wait a second. Or I'll be on stage and I see somebody walking the door. I'm like, man, I haven't seen that dude in yeah. like 10 years. And yeah, he exactly. just walked in. And then you just discover new MCs and meet new people. And, yeah, I mean, that's what the $5 rap show is about. It really is about the community. I mean, obviously, it's 5 bucks, and We make it accessible and easy and just try and make it like the dopest night ever. But we got yeah. a good little crew. Good, oh, fun yeah. vibe of uh, fun gang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're going to keep going? You're going to keep rapping, you think? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm gonna stop. No plans, eh? No plans to stop. What do you think it is that we we're just so compelled to just keep doing this stuff? And we're I know we're not gonna stop. Like, it's is it the creating the art? Is it hanging out with your friends?
1: I think we were like lucky. Like I definitely know, and you know, some of the same people who early on, you know, whether they had a taste of industry life or whatever, you know, label interest, all this like, and it just soured them. And so these guys who were like. You know, just starting out a few years into the industry, all this potential and they get soured because of bad business or whatever, and we kind of always took our own lane and just you know did our own stuff and so there was none none of that sh- like gray cloud shit over what we were doing. We just enjoyed it the whole time, and so now it's like, oh well, why would I stop something that's only ever been fun like there was none of the headaches that some people have to deal with because they have because they're dealing with people that they don't get along with. And some people, as you mentioned earlier, like, some people come together as bands because they're musicians first that join as bands. But we were all kind of homies first, and the music was the priority, but it, like, nothing was forced. So it's easy to just keep making music 15 years later with Word Burglar
0: because it's still fun. not a political decision, you know? Yeah. Alright, so this is a weird, this is a fun question. Yeah. Aliens, ghosts, or both? both please <laughs> both what do you believe in ah
1: yeah i mean i don't believe in much but uh you know i would lean towards if someone ha- if if it was only a a or b option i would say yeah aliens exist more than ghosts but uh i love ghosts but yeah i'm probably more convinced of the existence of aliens than that of ghosts but there is some like science behind ghosts where people talk about like how it's like a record skipping and it's just a loop in time and it doesn't have to be like you know it's not like purgatory cuz like god won't let him in yet so yeah maybe ghosts too but like <laughs> but if it's late at night and something something darts across my room i'm probably more scared that it's an alien
0: than a ghost <laughs> <laughs> so your house is haunted by aliens yeah what do you think an alien would look like
1: yeah i don't know i don't know that uh yeah like i don't believe or not believe you know if that if that makes sense although i you know a la x files and paranormal activities i would love to believe in both like i don't discount anything yeah i probably spend more time thinking about aliens in my in my life than ghosts although i have a lot more jokes about ghosts than aliens
0: what's so funny about a
1: ghost um (laughs) Like, if you're, like, if an elderly lady dying on her couch in a Snuggie can, like, transition perfectly into being a ghost.
0: So So. you don't think ghosts are naked? Like, you think their clothes actually like the shirt? Oh, that ghost is wearing that shirt he bought at the... (laughs) Oh, do you think that, like, ghost's (laughs) physical form just looks like a sheet? (laughs)
1: Like, they're not wearing sheets, but they're some kind of, like, cotton jellyfish of the the netherworld?
0: (laughs) 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 I can see that. They're, like, an ectomorphic blob of... That looks like a sheet. It's like yeah. artist rendition. Well, it looked like a bed that sheet. That
1: makes a lot more sense than it being like, I better put this sheet on <laughs> so they could see me scare them. Yeah, interesting. But I do love all that, like, those YouTube wormholes you get into about paranormal and weird stuff. Like
0: Maybe we're aliens. Maybe cows are aliens. Like, who could... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're
2: like, man, we picked the wrong planet to take over. <laughs> this did not work out, bro. Move. <laughs> You're telling me
0: <laughs> Yeah cause ghosts And ghosts are fun to imagine That they're real
1: And yeah as much as logically I could be like yeah I don't really But like but we've all not gone In a basement because fuck that <laughs> <laughs> You know like Just like I'll investigate that Sound in the morning <laughs>
0: You think there are ghost animals
1: Good good question cause yeah If there's ghosts then there's and there's ghost animals, like you know, peeing on me right now. Maybe
0: <laughs> I don't even know. Or could there be ghost vegetables?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the celery I ate back in
1: 2012. And there's just a ghost snacking on it. <laughs> but yeah, that is a little, a little presumptuous, and uh, of us just to like, yeah, I just picture humanoid form ghost. But who's to say all we see is a floating sheet? How do you know it's not just a turtle under there, floating like way high with like an eight-foot sheet?
0: Yeah, it's not necessarily a human.
1: Like you'd be like, "Oh, I saw this ghost, but it had the weird tiniest head." That's
0: a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a hamster f- ghost floating around with like with like a dishcloth on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 oh man. Oh dude. This is awesome. Thanks yeah, so man, much. This is great. Answering Love the deep it. questions. All right, man. T- okay. It's, my, Peace. it's me ruling myself. No one is making me write. Hypographia night after
2: night after night. Only living half my life. The other half I have to write right now. I'm trying to satisfy this ravenous appetite I happen to have inside, though I can't imagine why. We write to taste life twice. We write to taste life twice. Yeah, we write to taste life twice. We write to taste life twice. Time is money, so I waste them both. Space is infinite, but I got no place to go. They say, face it, bro, I think your brakes are broken. so are you in any hopes of ever making dough. So I'm taking notes for the sake of prose. Till Justin's case is closed, I keep these pages closed. Till the pen in my hand, my heart aches and woes. Hard days and those, poems they compose. Will it change a soul? There's no way to know. Each arrow pointless, unless you learn to aim the bow. Oh, the name is Choke. I bore famous quotes. Then use them as a chorus. Claim a road to go We write to taste life twice, we write to taste life twice. Yeah, we ride to taste life twice, we write to taste life twice. Yeah, we write to taste life twice, we write to taste life twice. Yeah, we write to taste life twice, we write to taste life. Like a box of apocalypse. reckless pessimist wrestling with anonymous optimist. This rock is sick. I'm blasting off of it. Wants to fix the radio in the cockpit of my rocket ship. First and foremost, this verse is for those who write to quench the burning thirst and sore throats. Thoughts to the page like a moth to the flame or a drop to the drain when the faucet is spraying. Language is great. Gives us something to talk about. That I can't explain. The words will not come out. Forget father time. I want to knock him out. The dragon's ass into the past so I can walk around after time travel then I'll travel the world and apologize for all the times that I was mad at the world I'm trying to find to my mind to find truth the type of life you can buy through times too we write to taste life twice we write to taste life twice yeah we write to taste life twice we write to taste life twice.
1: this has been a presentation of the modern superior media network